0: Thank you, Jack. He's singing my text today. Thank you for uh, that. Take your Bible and go to the book of Matthew, and we'll be in the first chapter during these weeks leading up to Christmas. We're preaching about the men of Christmas. Last week, looking at Zacharias. This morning, of course, looking at Joseph. Jack's just been singing uh, about Joseph, and next week, we'll be looking at Simeon. So, uh, you take your Bible. We'll look together at Joseph and his three angelic visits that he shared together. Grateful to God today for those that are on our Warrington campus uh, that are there. Uh, This is five years this week uh, that Brother Sean Pillay came to be a part of our church. I remember that because it was uh, right now when Sean came uh, helping us uh, to plant uh, churches. Uh, He and Destiny joined us here, and the first thing we did was start that work uh, down on the Warrington campus. And so we're grateful to God uh, for Sean's five-year uh, anniversary uh, with us. you would be praying for them. Uh, they're moving toward international adoption, and uh, things have been uh, rapidly uh, moving forward. And so uh, you pray uh, for him uh, more than you pray for Deshni, because I think she's ready. I don't know if he is or not, but uh, we, we'll know. And they're looking for that child or children to come, so you be praying much uh, for them. During these days of Christmas, of course, we always think of family and those kids, and we're going to talk some about that uh, even today. Now, we come to look at Joseph, just a few things about him. The Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. The song that Jack was singing used the word noble. He was a noble man. He was a righteous man, a man that walked with God, that knew God, that heard God. Luke one twenty seven says he was a descendant of David. He was of that uh, Davidic lineage, and we know Christ came through that. And David, uh, David's lineage came, and Joseph being a part of that. And then, we're not 100% sure, but about 99% we believe, because we hear it in Scripture when they said about Jesus, is this not the carpenter's son? Most people believe that Joseph was a carpenter because of that text. Uh, we're not, we don't know that and have a listing of him doing it, but uh, we believe that he also worked with his hands as a carpenter. But in the early passages of Matthew, we find an angel visiting three times with Joseph. And he gave the, that angel gave him direct commands, three things to do, take these steps. And it's those things I want us to look at and then apply to our own lives today as we learn from Joseph and these three angelic visits. The first one is found in Matthew 1, beginning in verse 18. You've got your Bible, you follow along with me, and the Word of God says in Matthew 1 and verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her plan to send her away secretly. So she's pregnant. She's not married. There's embarrassment. And Joseph is going to be kind here. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her as a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The first thing the angel said to Joseph, get married. Get married. Let's go. Get married. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife christmas is about the birth of the lord jesus and for us it then always is about family i want us to think on that for a moment get married marriage is the union of one man and one woman and as they come together, they are then celebrated as husband and wife. The Bible says that if you are to be married, you should not be unequally yoked. How do you do that? Well, you must first be yoked unto Christ, according to Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, that we take His yoke, and you are yoked your partner yoked together, then you are equally yoked together. Some of you sit in this room this morning and you need to hear the word of the Lord. Get married. You're living together, you need to either get married or get out. Marriage is holy. It's a union before God in His eyes. Oh, I remember feeling as scared as Joseph. I saw her in the cafeteria, and I said with Samson, she looks good to me. Liz said, "Nah." People have asked us through the years, why did, you get, why did you guys get married? Well, we felt we were in love, and, but we never understood when we were in this very room. We, we heard the principle years ago when we had a gentleman here teaching the Song of Solomon. And he said, for those of you considering marriage and you're walking with Christ, this is the way that you understand. It. You, you are walking with in full obedience, at God's pace, in God's direction, and you look out the window of your life and you see someone and they are walking in God's direction, at His pace, going where God wants, and that is a prospect. And immediately the lights came on for Liz and myself, and that's exactly what happened to us. We were both walking toward God, God's direction, and we looked out the window and, and there was a prospect. I was preaching to Delaney Street Baptist Church down in Orlando. Liz had gone with me. I had not asked her to marry me. That night in that ordination service when I was preaching, she said it was the wildest thing. She said, I looked up and it was like there was a light above your head, almost like a halo. (laughs) After we finished the service, she walked straight up to me. She said, when you're ready to ask the question, the answer is yes. Took me six weeks. She she knocked my shoes off my feet. That scared me to death. I was like Joseph. I said, oh man. Hey, you you need to enter into this covenant. Outside of knowing the Lord, it'll be the most important decision you make in your life. Now the reason for us, hey, I'm here to tell you, you can be a politician or a banker or a lawyer. You you can do a lot of things. You can mess up that deal. But in my line of work, You mess that up, you're in a peck of trouble. We ought to all get it right. But we did not want to miss God. Get married. Some of you need encouragement today. You need to get married. You need to be equally yoked. Marriage is not polygamy. Marriage is not multiplication. It's addition. It's not two, three, four, five on one side and three or four on the other. It's not a man and a man or a woman and a woman. It's one man, one woman. It is the line of demarcation for your intimacy. If you're living outside of marriage and being intimate, you need to stop. You need to bring holiness to the marriage we used to have a program said true love waits. Hmm. Not many people wait anymore. But I share with you there is a young generation rising up and I see them coming out of our high school and college ministries saying we want to do it God's way. God's way. Proverbs 18.22, he that finds a wife. Oh, yeah. Finds a good thing, but we don't go on and read the rest of that verse sometimes, and obtains the favor of the Lord. Let me tell you, when you find that right wife, you've obtained the favor of the Lord God on your life. Joseph, get married. Get married. Get married. I've been fearful in this service. When I preached this point, there'd be people punching people all over this service. I can see folks looking across the ways. I was signing books after first service, and one of our ladies sings in the choir. We buried her husband way too early, and she just recently married again. Oh, she has a smile as broad as the Mississippi. She's standing, getting a book. I looked up at her and I said, You're sure smiling about today's message. She said, oh, Pastor, God spoke to our heart this morning. Amen. They had just said yes. Joseph, get married. But then he had a second vision. We find in this text when you drop into chapter 2 that the Magi have come. Herod uh, has said, tell me where the baby is. They say, no, no, we can't tell him. And Herod becomes angry, and he's going to kill every child that's two years of age or younger. He's just going to slaughter the children. And in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 13, we pick up the text. And when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. I got a feeling this guy's scared to go to bed. And he said, get up. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I call my son, quoting out of Hosea chapter 11 and verse number 1, out of Egypt. So at, at night he, he has this vision. And the angel of God says unto Joseph, get up, get moving, down to Egypt. Well, Lord, I go in the morning. No, you don't go in the morning. You go right now. Get up, get moving. And he heads to Egypt for the protection of Jesus. Why go to Egypt? Well, Egypt was a safe zone for the Jews. Alexandria, more specifically, was a sanctuary city for the Jew. When we come to the year 40 AD, there are at least a million Jews living in Alexandria, Egypt. As a matter of fact, the Septuagint, when you take the Old Testament, reading in Hebrew, and when you translate it and convert it over to Greek, you have the Septuagint, and we find that that was produced where? Alexandria, because the Jews were there. The priests were there. They had gone for sanctuary. They, they were there in a safe zone. And, and here the Septuagint is given to us. And there Joseph goes with his wife and with the Christ. Now Joseph is simply obeying God without full illumination. Do you understand? He just hears from God and says, go. Listen. Thomas Carlyle said it this way, our main business is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. Hear me again. Our main business is not to see what lies way out there dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand at hand. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 34, not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. D- deal with today. Do it today. Friend, when you don't know what to do next, cast out fear and seek light for the next step. When you're not sure, just cast out fear. Seek the light that God would give and take the next step. Let's go! Liz and I were at Southwestern. We were trying to figure out what's next. She's pregnant. For three years, every year, they would have a missions week. I'd go and say, God, where do you want us to go? We'll go anywhere, do anything, give up anybody, give up anything in order to be in the center of your will. God, what you want is what we want. Send us there. And I got a call from a church in Seattle, Washington. My wife is very pregnant. I said, honey, I just, uh, we can't get around this. We must consider, I believe that this is what we've got to do. Go plant that church. So we said, yes, we resigned. All right, we're ready to go. Boom. But I'm telling you, just as much as we heard God say, open the door to it, he slammed that door shut. And he said, that is not my direction. But I got willing to go. I said, Lord, wherever, whenever, however, let's go. You know, the first thing we thought about is if we move there, how do we find a doctor for my wife? As late as she is. it was a fearful time. I can't even imagine what Joseph and Mary were feeling when they loaded up to go down to Egypt. And God said, go now, do it now. I'm reading a little book. I'm through eight days of it, and it's just short chapters, 140, 50 pages. Red Sea Rules, Red Sea Rules, the Red Sea, the rules from crossing the Red Sea. It's the 14th chapter of Exodus. I saw it on the table of a friend of mine down in Destin a few weeks ago, and they said, you ought to read this book. It's really a blessing. So I uh, had a uh, copy ordered, got it. I've been reading just one chapter. It's all about the 14th chapter. And verse 15 is really the crux. When we find in Exodus 14, verse 15, that the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel, let's say it together, go forward. Tell the sons of Israel, say it one more time. Go Tell them, go forward. That's the rule of the Red Sea, one of them. It is to go to step where God is called. Go forward. He's calling some of you today to go forward. He's calling you in obedience to go forward. He's calling people in this service to preach the gospel, and you must go forward where God wants you to go. He's telling people to go to Seattle where God would have you come. It was really hilarious this morning to me, or at least funny. Uh, I gave the invitation. People started coming. We had the second couple came to join the church. They took me by the hand, and I said, Wonderful, where are you coming from? They said, We just moved here from Seattle. I said, well, if I couldn't come to you, you come to me. Amen. They said, we believe this is where God would have us go. And they took their step. They're coming forward. There are people in this room today that ought to come join this church. You should be a part of Olive and come and go forward. Some of you have never been baptized like this one and the others in the earlier service were baptized. You ought to come and say, yes, it's my day. Some of you sit in this room today and have never received Christ. You've never come forward to say I'm ready to be saved today. And today is your day. Now is the accepted time. You you should walk forward to come to Christ. When I stand here and you sit there, you should come, get out of your seat and say, Pastor, today, oh, come accept the greatest Christmas gift that you could ever receive. Christ came and lived and died and was raised for you. And he stands today to say, I will save you if you will come and yet but believe in me. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Joseph, get married. Joseph, get moving. What's he calling you to do? What's the next step for you? Say, Pastor, I'm really not sure. Well, don't worry about that dim distance. Be concerned about what's clearly at hand. And when you hear God speak, you go. Get married, Joseph. Get moving, Joseph. And then thirdly, he says, get on mission, Joseph. He's down in Egypt. Herod dies, and the angel shows up again. Matthew 2 and verse 19. When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. Here it is again. He's in Egypt, and he said, get up, take the child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee, and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called the Nazarene. He's in Egypt. Third vision. Third angelic visit. Joseph, get your wife. Get, get that baby back to Israel. You go. He goes into the portion of Judea. He hears Archelaus is still. He's old oh man. Herod's. He'll kill us still. He ventures north to the Galilee. There he makes his home in Nazareth. You remember one of the disciples said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, why is that? Because it's just small. It's a despised and contemptible thought. But do you know 12 times in the Gospels, Jesus identified himself when they asked him who he was. He said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Dennis Wilson. Dear, dear friend that I buried a few years ago. His wife lies with cancer next door in West Florida Hospital, even this morning. I saw her Friday afternoon, sweet Nancy. Dennis, I've had many close friends in this church. I've never had one any closer. We've traveled the world. I've never heard Je- Dennis speak about Jesus. He always called him the Nazarene. We'd be talking. He'd be. He said, "Well, you know, Pastor, the Nazarene said." And I'm like, "Why don't you call him Jesus?" And I read the Bible. Jesus called himself the Nazarene. Jesus of Nazareth. Is the Nazarene, small, nothing, can any good thing come out of Pisgah? (laughs) Can any good thing come out of Pensacola? Yes, when God is in it, He does a great thing. No matter where you're from, where you're trained, how you're raised, I'm telling you, God touches with His glory and His anointing, and He'll use you for His good. Get on mission, Joseph. And so Joseph moves to Nazareth, and he starts the process. He's got a baby boy. What's he do? He has other children. He's raising a son, training him up, teaching him the law, that Old Testament. How'd Jesus know all that stuff at 12 when he got down to the temple? He heard it home. Mary's knee in Joseph's hand. Joseph taught him to work. He's in a carpenter shop. Now, I'm amazed. I go to Atlanta. I'm in Pensacola. I go to Orlando. I go to Dallas. Everywhere I go, we're hiring here. Workers need it. Is it just me or will nobody go to work? What pray tells going on? There are jobs everywhere. There nobody wants to go to work. I believe Joseph taught the very Son of God what hard work was. I believe he raised a divine blister on that hand. Wouldn't you like to have a chair Jesus made? (laughs) There'd be some televangelists selling those next week. (laughs) Straight from Nazareth. We found him in a cave over here. (laughs) Taught him to work. That's why when they nailed those hands to that cross. That's why when those hands went to the head of the child. Those hands knew about labor. And Then divine labor came through him. I'm telling you his daddy taught him. I've I've been pricked in my heart. And here's what I want to do. I'm not finished. I'm almost done. But I want to ask you if you are a father today. If you're a daddy. I want to ask you to slip out on your knees right now. Just quickly, I want us to pray, all the daddies, and then we'll finish. i got a conclusion to this message. If you're a father, I want you just to slip out on your knees. I'm going to kneel right here. I want you to do two things while you're on your knees. Number one, I want you to pray. You can pray for all your children, but, but one will come to mind first and foremost. And I want you to pray for that child, for the mind of God to be on that child today. So pray for them. Call their name to the Lord just right now. Just give them unto the Lord. Now secondly, I want you to pray for yourself. And I want you to dedicate yourself unto the Lord and ask God to show you and then use you in training these children or grandchildren or even great-grandchildren. In the way they would need to go in the Word and in the way of God this year. Just give Him yourself right now and say, Lord, use me. Lord, I submit fathers unto you today. All over this room, they're on their knees Now, Lord, for those men that are not on their knees, that desire to have children in their home if they're married, encourage them today. Uh, Others that have not had children and will not, God, make them to be a blessing in the lives of kids in other homes where they have influence. And for these on their knees, build them up. Break their heart over their kids that are astray and a prodigal. Give them love in their heart for that child. And oh God, use these men and let their hearts be tender and their hands be strong to teach and train a coming generation. And we pray by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Slide back into your seat right quick. Joseph, I cannot help but believe he's got it on his mind that he remembers the first vision of the angel in Matthew 1, where it said, and she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken the Lord through the prophet and behold the virgin she'll be with child and she'll bear a son and they shall call his name what's that word Emmanuel which translated means god with us somehow Joseph hears that echo and he says i'm training up the anointed one how much did he know my goodness when i get to heaven i got a lot of questions well what did joseph know how much did he know <laughs> Was Joseph still around when Jesus went to the cross? When he came out of the grave? I mean, can you imagine a daddy that's son died and rose from the dead? You talk about a guy strutting down the central. <laughs> that's my boy over there. You kill him, you can't keep him dead. Well, what was in Joseph? How did he feel about his son? We don't know. I got questions. But God told him. He was raising up. Emmanuel. The Nazarene. What we do know is that Jesus lived and then he died. They. Nailed him to an old rugged cross. They took him down and put him in a tomb. Up from the grave he arose. Hallelujah. He went to pray for us where he is right now. And then Saul is walking down the road, killing Christians. Bam! He fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? (laughs) That's a great question, isn't it? And he said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. God saved old Saul. He'd save you today if you trust him. The Nazarene showed up. And Saul's life was changed forever. Joseph had a hand in that. He had raised up the Nazarene. Listen to me. You ought to be preaching the gospel or helping somebody else preach it. Amen. You you, you ought to be telling it or you ought to be holding up the hands of the man that is preaching. Joseph. You know, we, we make jokes today about preacher's kids, PKs we call them. But you know there's a reversal to that. There's the father of a preacher. That's no piece of cake either. That man steps out to be prophetic. And that daddy that raised him, man, I didn't raise you to do that. I want you to do... Oh yeah, he did. Dad, this could be the greatest Christmas. If you receive the gift and then begin to impart that gift to your children and be a Joseph to raise up a Nazarene. Oh, he may not look like much. She may not look like much. They may not be. But when God touches, oh, the glory of God. I got a good buddy of mine. He's in New York today. He's the executive director Of all the Baptist work in the state of New York. He and I were in high school together. We graduated 50 years ago together this year. Next year. He could not preach because of a lisp. And all God did was touch him, train him, and put him in charge of all the Baptists in New York. Can any good thing come out of Dutton, Alabama? Yes. When God is in it, and we are submitted to it, oh my, the work God does. When we give this invitation in a moment, God's going to call fathers to come get saved right here today. Today's your day. He's calling some people to come join this church. Then you'll come. He's calling some of you to preach the gospel today. You need to say, Lord, your way, your will, you need to get moving. God says, go, even if there's a Red Sea in front of you, go forward. And your going forward today is coming right here to say yes unto Christ. I'm going to pray. After I pray, we'll stand. When we stand, you get up coming today. Out of that balcony, take you just a moment. Come down the stairwell saying yes unto Christ. Across this ground floor God's call, God's wooing is in your heart. Somebody's here, God's called you to preach. I just sense that in my soul today. You need to come, say yes to God's way. Father, thank you. Thank you for the fathers you gave us. I pray, God, you'll raise up men to be godly, godly influencers for the gospel in our homes and community and nation. Now, Lord, draw people to yourself. Save our friends. Grow this church. Add to our family. And, oh, God, bring brokenness to us. And, Lord, I would hasten to pray for children today that they would be in submission unto fathers that are desirous of helping them grow in the Lord. Make us one together, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.